0: Hello, all, and welcome to the Independent Author Podcast. I'm Tom Kranz. How often do you go on Facebook or other social media venues? Often? Once in a while? Not at all? My guest today spends, by his own admission, at least four hours a day on Facebook. And he invites debate on the issues of the day, no matter how unfiltered and obnoxious some of the posters are. He is Marklin Johnson, known in central New Jersey as Mr. Direct. He's a comedian, MC, comedy host, podcaster, Facebook star, and author. His first book, Lessons from a Shit Talker, is a local hit here in Central Jersey. And his latest book is the subject of today's episode, Facebook Conversations, The Good, The Funny, The Ugly. The book is exactly what it says. It's Facebook Conversations. It's basically Marklin hosting and, uh, I guess, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Not provoking. That's the wrong word. Kind of suggesting some of the big topics of the day and then opening it up to this discussion. And as anybody who spends any time on Facebook knows, sometimes those discussions can get heated, but I think what, what there, there are two things that struck me about this. And then, and then I'll, then you get a chance to talk. Thing number one is that you are absolutely fearless in provoking or encouraging conversations and opinions that differ from yours. That's number one. And then the number two thing I got was that uh, what you call real talk, which is really basically just speaking completely honestly, that has a cost, right? And you have to be willing to bear that cost because you know, your version of reality and, and the truth may be somebody else's bullshit, as you well know. Uh, and then there, there's also that blurry line between speaking truth and abuse, which unfortunately a lot of the people who invite who you invite onto your your threads, they cross that line. You know, there's that one guy who insisted on calling you Marky. You know, I wanted to slap that guy myself. It's like he was doing it obviously to get under your skin. And I hate to say it, dude, but he did get under your skin. But you know, oh, that oh. kind. That yes. kind of stuff is like so my first question is uh, you 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 you're a very you're a, you're a visible Facebook uh, identity here in Central Jersey. You do a live Facebook show. Do you still do the two? You do one on you um, do the, the Sunday I one do and then one on Sunday is
1: now called Sunday Coffee. That's right. And I had one that was Wacky Wednesdays, which went away. And I kind of want to bring it back because that's, you know, the, the biggest problem is, is when you're working a day job and you're used to being fed, you don't know how to go out and fish for yourself. (sighs) And I've been, I've been fed most of my adult life. And now I'm trying to figure out how to feed myself. So I'm grinding doing that, but I want to get back to doing my podcast because that's where I shine. That's where people really get a feel for who I am as a person and as a personality, they get a better feel for it.
0: And by podcast, you're talking about the Facebook video podcast that you Yeah, the right? Facebook
1: video that I do, which a lot of people um, I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. But a lot of people don't realize I throw most of my content up on face on on a Facebook page.
0: Right. And you do that under the Mr. Direct name, correct?
1: Uh, I do. Well, Sunday Coffee actually has its own Sunday Coffee has its own um, literally has its own page now. OK, and. The Wacky Wednesday, if it comes back, I'm hoping my co-host will come back and give me some consistency. That hits directly on the Mister Direct page, which I I had to separate things a little bit, just because Mister Direct Mister Direct comedy is separated from that. I got you. So it's like three or four pages I've got to (laughs) run.
0: Right. All right. So that gets so back to the question I was just about asked to ask, which is. Um, you know, I, I go on Facebook as a because I feel like I have to. I do some work for my town and I go on to the local Facebook groups because I like to see what people are thinking about and what they're pissed about. But I don't engage unless there's something so completely ignorantly wrong that I have to go on there and say, no, that's not what this is. This, you know, the, the law says this or that. Uh, because I just, I just don't have the energy to go, you know, an entire day, uh, you know, arguing, why do you, this is a really basic question. Why do you do it? And don't you get tired of the abuse?
1: Well, what I noticed it's, 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 a weird situation. When I had moved out to Minnesota in 2005, um, this world was pretty much what we all thought the world was a little bit crazy, but not much. What little, uh, you know, you know, I remember sitting at home and doing AOL and being in AOL chat rooms and that that was all about hobbies and things you just like, what was your hobby? If you wanted to date, there was rooms for you dating. When Facebook was introduced to us, people started literally just, oh, hey, you've got 25 kids or, you know, you went, you know, like you've done great for yourself because they lost contact with coworkers or they lost contact with college people. I noticed nobody was really sharing thoughts and opinions. Then all of a sudden, when Barack Obama was elected, I noticed people did start sharing opinions Mm. and they shared their opinions as if everyone is supposed to think this way. Mm. There was no room for maybe I'm wrong. I was more shocked by the people I went to school with who would say, You know, I'm not racist. I'm not bigoted. I'm not a misogynistic person. I'm not anti gay. But every opinion they were sharing was speaking towards just that. Mm, And nobody was, and nobody here, nobody was speaking back on it. You know what I mean? And if they did, it was always the how can I say it so as not to offend? So there was a lot of truth pulled out of it because if you look at a lot of my posts, I don't post as I'm right. I post as, did you ever think what the other perspective is? Did you ever think about what somebody else is thinking?
0: Walking in other people's shoes, basically. Yes. So that brings me to one of the bookmarks uh, I marked here. It's early in the book and the the title of this particular, I'm not going to read the whole thing, uh, but you title this one, thoughts on life in general, people get offended over stupid shit. These are your words. Today, people find anything and everything to be offended over. You can't joke about anything. This seems to be particularly relevant this week, doesn't it? This is why Kevin Hart is funny. He doesn't tell off-color jokes. He tells jokes based on making sure everyone can relate and laugh. Yet, most of the jokes are just not funny. Look at Eddie Murphy as an example. Go back and watch Delirious and Raw, his jokes. I revel in that space. And I think that that says that kind of encapsulates maybe your, your philosophy about why you go and why you have these conversations. It's all about, let's just say it and say it our way and whatever happens happens. That's, am I
1: right there? It's, it's funny. It's funny. You said that I um, did a, I did an interview with a radio station about this book, excuse me. And that's what I said. I go, people are so cautious. So as not to share their opinion and say, I'm going to offend this person if I say it. And my thing is, that's why we're not getting along because we're Mm -hmm. not being our authentic selves. And you see this in uh, work relationships. You see it in uh, family relationships. You see it in dating. People are scared to share their truth. So they rather create the lie. And then if you're the person that says, no, I'm going to share my truth, then you're ostracized because how dare you share a truth that everybody kind of talks but they don't want to say it because it's how dare you say it out loud. And 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 for me, I got ostracized from my white friends, from my black friends, from my gay friends, because it's like, wow, I can't believe you said it. And I'm like, but what was wrong with what I said? I'm not anti anyone. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing opinions that, you know, people think, you know, right. You put alcohol in somebody and they'll say it. <laughs> You know so, and
0: Early, you dedicate this book to your late father and you say that in a very, in, in God, I really hate quoting Dr. Phil, I swear to God, but he does, he did say one thing on a show I saw a long time ago, which is that your parents are your number one influence pretty yeah. much for most people for your entire life, right? And, you know, now that I'm in my sixties, I grudgingly have to agree with that because I think about my father every day. And I think about my mom a lot too, but you basically said that, you know, a lot of who you are today is because your dad was what you called a real talker. Do you think was your dad, uh, as what's the word I want to use? Was he as bold and outspoken no. and as not afraid to tell the truth as you are or not?
1: No, in our home. Yes. Okay. But outside, no, he was very cautious. And, and do you think
0: that was because he was a black man in a different era
1: or just he, was a, in di- he was a he was a black man from 1933 segregated South? Yeah. And he knew in order. And unfortunately, most people that size and it still exists today. If you want to get along, you kind of have to go with the status quo. Shut the hell up, get a job and get along in life. Hmm. Um, it's not easy. Um, I've tried to get. Uh, do comedy shows in certain towns. And if people recognize me, they're like, oh, my God, I can only imagine. I go, well, that's comedy. It's different. You know, right. I, I'm trying to do public speaking. And I've had one person that said I could put you in touch with the person at the PTA. But, you know, you're a little bit, you know, people know you as a little bit of a troublemaker. And I go, oh, how am I a troublemaker? I share an opinion. Oh. It might not be a popular opinion. But it's an opinion. And and I say this and I say this a lot. And I honestly believe this. And I have to stick to my guns when I say it. There's still a level of they don't like a black man to have an affirmed opinion, meaning. He says it, he believes it and he stands by it.
0: Right. And that's intimidating to people in your view.
1: Yeah. Black men are. so, And it's different if we say it in jest like as a joke. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But when you stand firm and you say it and you're like, well, I believe it. What's the problem? And the problem is even other black people that have bought into this don't rock the boat Don't make it bad for me. I can't be friends with you because I don't want people to know I'm associated because then I'll be associated with that craziness, Mm. which keeps my friendship circle very small. More with
0: Marklin Johnson after this piece of shameless self-promotion.
1: We failed to halt the Earth's slow death due to climate change and environmental apathy. The planet's temperature rose seven degrees, causing epic storms, fires, droughts, and tides that ate away at our shores. Now in the year 2212, food is manufactured, coffee and cars are illegal, the people who are left live in cubes, and the Earth is covered with bubbling lakes of a black, toxic brew. Two 23rd century Rebels find a way to travel back in time to our century to stop the poisoning in its tracks and the arrogance that made it possible. Their mission is complicated by fear among their 21st century hosts and the murderous ways of one of the Rebels. Read Time Travel Rescue, the sci-fi adventure called unique and original by Publishers Weekly. Time Travel Rescue by Tom Kranz, available on Amazon.
0: So have you ever been at a point where uh, you got so much negative reaction to something you said or did that you basically stopped doing it or that you pulled back? Or do you just keep soldiering on with, you know, what you believe is your your truth?
1: I could say probably you've seen it when when I first really started doing it, I was reckless. I would go in and I would do it with reckless abandonment. I'd be like, you know what? F you all. I'm going to say it. And whatever falls from it, screw it. And I didn't care at that point because when I would go out, all these people were cowards, Mm -hmm. you know, and and again, because we're talking candidly, some of the harshest people that would say the craziest stuff on Facebook in our town page. The minute you go out in public, they just want to glare at you and they want to make comments to each other, but they don't have, you know, the gumption to say it to me. So I used to laugh about it. And I go, so let me get this straight. You got a keyboard. You're the keyboard warrior. You're throwing threats at me. You're telling, you know, everything about my life and what a loser I am. But now that we're in public and I even had one guy said, I'm a nobody because I didn't go up and acknowledge him. Meanwhile, you've you've talked about me like I was crap. You said some of the most disgusting things about me to other people, which come back to me. And you think I'm supposed to acknowledge your presence like you're somebody special. Hmm. These people elevate themselves to a higher platform because they can't believe even to the degree that like now that they see I've published books, now that they see I'm doing stuff, they're like, wow. So he literally was p- playing us for suckers.
0: One of the things about Facebook that drives me crazy, people will say things sitting in their den on their smartphone, tapping shit out with their thumbs that they would never say, to anybody in person, friend, foe, they wouldn't I mean, I I was on the council in Fanwood for two, two, two terms, right? And I watched some of the vilest, most ignorant posts show up on some of the local Facebook groups here, completely ignorant, people shooting from the hip. They don't know what's going on, but they're very happy to do that and do it ad nauseum. But those same people won't get off their asses and go to a mo- go to a meeting, you know, go to a council meeting and, you know, confront, you know, in both of our towns here, Fanwood and Scotch Plains, the public meetings are open. They meet twice a twice a month. You can get up and talk, but I think it's it's so much easier to just sit there and and piss and moan on Facebook. And I, I can see where somebody who, you know, somebody who speaks the way you do probably gets a lot more of that.
1: I do and I laugh about it.
0: Yeah, well that's the only way to live, I think. I, to get I a laugh, laugh, I laugh
1: all. about it because they don't have the again, they don't have the balls to say it to my face. You know, like I, I remember one post, uh, one of the guys got kicked out of Scotch Plains neighbors because he was getting violent with people verbally. Mm. So he created his own group, and I didn't know what the group was. Somebody suggested to me. So I went in and just added it. He came back, I'll never let your race baiting racist ass into this group. You ruin this town for everyone. And I'm like, okay. And then he goes, and then supposedly he's at a bar i'm at a bar he says to he goes in the group and says look at this racist he won't even look at me i've never seen this guy in in face to face oh and what and he's in the same room with you basically in the room he didn't come up to me yeah he posted though right he posted that i was scared to look at him yeah 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 right so my thing is and this is why i kept doing it You don't have the balls to come up to me and be like, so let's have a discussion. What you did was you saw me out somewhere. Mind you, I was with a group of white people. I was the only black guy in a group. When he posted, he goes, look at this racist refusing to even acknowledge me. What a coward he is. And I actually told my friend, because my friend said it to me and I go, ask him why he didn't come up and confront me and say anything to me. Hmm. Like the arrogance that you, first of all, I have reason to be arrogant because everybody knows who the hell I am because I shoot off my mouth. So it'd be different if it was me saying, oh, you don't know who I am. You know what I mean? But for him to do that and then for him to go backwards and be like, I was supposed to acknowledge his presence mm-hmm. or I'm a coward. Yeah. It's, this is what you get when you deal with people via Facebook or any social media sure. and it's within your own little town, your own little group they all have the right thing to say and I, and the thing is we all post if you post like i post it's clickbait it is you're 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 posting to get clicks but there's a difference between trying to get the conversation started and say let's go where we're going to go and the people that literally are so full of hate and nastiness that really they're just posting because they've been dying to say how nasty they are they've been dying sure. to say how you know like you know every every gay person needs to stop being gay yeah. you know like that's all they want to say and I gave them the avenue to say it, but now that they've said it out loud, they're like, oh shit, I can't believe I said that out loud.
0: Yeah, you know and this goes back to to something that I said earlier that that you know was one of the impressions that I got from reading uh, your book here, which is the line between speaking your mind and being verbally abusive, that is very that gets blurred really quick on Facebook. You know, I, I can see that, and in, in some of the conversations you have on here, I see that you're trying to navigate that. You're trying in some ways to kind of be a little bit of a referee. It's like, I want to hear what you have to say, but don't call me names, don't call me this, don't call me that. And then that's, I mean, I I personally don't know how the hell you have the energy to do that. Honestly, God, you said you spend four hours a day when Facebook, I think that's from early part of your book. That's like, wow, that's, I got exhausted just reading 20 minutes at a time. from a I had it, it,
1: That was one of the things that I did. I want, I didn't want to like the other book was a quick read, right? right? This one, I kind of wanted to make it more so of almost like a coffee table. If you pick it up, you choose a chapter, you can say, oh, I want to go to this chapter. When you read that chapter, it's enough to grab you but then you can put it down and say, I'll read more later.
0: Sure. But that's, it's
1: intriguing enough. As that's you actually read-
0: what I did. I read it in chunks because I just, it's like, Oh, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm exhausted now.
1: And uh, it is. And, and it's also a show. It, it was literally a social experiment in a way, right. because everyone can tell you, you know, like I told him and I got my point across, but here it is in black and white. Did you really? Or did you make an ass of yourself? What else
0: you got coming up? You, so you've got two books.
1: I got a third book coming up, which you're going to love. It's called Conversations with a Racist.
0: Oh, sweet. Great.
1: So, well, nice well bedtime if, you read, if you read the book, you know how, like, the people that are not racist love to call me the racist, right? Gotcha. Right. So I was like, oh, my friend and I were talking about it. And I said, that'd be an interesting concept that the black guy, it writes the book as being the racist, right? Okay. So to get people to pick the book up. Right. That's number one. Number two. Well, that's the book I'm working. Number two, I'm hoping I can connect with um, some of a couple of veterans groups. Hmm. I want to put together a tour of only veteran comics. And we're going to it'll be in each state. So if I'm in Massachusetts, veteran comics from Massachusetts and we'll do shows for them. And we're going to go up and down the eastern seaboard. And the money that we raise outside of the money I need to pay my damn bills, the money we raise is going to go towards homelessness and mental health. Oh, that's an awesome awareness. Um, the reason being is we talk about it, but this is something that could be ongoing throughout the year. Sure. Oh, that's um, a great idea. When do you think great. that'll
0: that'll come together? You think this year or two 2020? No, I'm
1: hoping this year. I'm gonna oh. contact a couple of people involved in a in a veteran situation, in a veterans situation. What it is is our comics get paid, right? And the idea is I'm also going to figure out a way to kind of document some of the veterans and have them discuss, you know, what are they going through mental health wise and Mm. stuff of that nature? Because here's my thing. Politically, it doesn't make a difference who's in office. All our veterans are being forgotten. All of our veterans are being left by the wayside after they serve their duties you know, they come back with these mental health issues, physical health issues. There's some people that just can't sleep. You know, like people don't talk about it because it's like, oh, well, they they knew what they volunteered for. It doesn't make a difference what they volunteered for. They're going through something, and they made the ultimate sacrifice. So my thing is, let's entertain them, hmm. and while we're entertaining them, let's take the money, and they'll decide. Like if in Boston, they're like, hey, we rather have the money for homelessness let's take the money and donate it to the homelessness. If we run it, if they're saying, hey, here, it's better for cancer research for veterans. Let's donate it to that. Let them decide. But, you know, if you do two or three shows in each show, you, you know, each each show, you're going to raise a good amount of money because veterans will show up for veterans and mm-hmm. everyday people will show up for veterans.
0: Yeah, that's a great concept. You'll, of course, let the world know when that actually happens, because I'm sure you'll get a great following and you'll get lots of donations for that. Um, I want to uh, one more time tell folks that the book that just came out uh, by Marklin here is Facebook Conversations, The Good, The Funny, The Ugly. It's available as ebook and paperback on Amazon. Marklin Johnson, as always, I really appreciate you being with us here and uh, good luck to you.
1: Appreciate you, Tom. You right, have a See cool you soon. Week. You too. Later.